Hey everybody, welcome to your weekly sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries. I am so glad you decided to join me today. This is going to be a very, very interesting and exciting sermon today as we continue on in our series on the Holy Spirit. So we're titling the main aspect of it is called Who is the Holy Spirit? This is Who is the Holy Spirit? Part 5. And the title of this sermon is Spiritual Language. Spiritual Language. Language. Yes, here we go. We're going to hit that one topic that when most people hear about, hear the term the Holy Spirit, this is where they go. We're going to decipher this. We're going to break this down and, and, and discuss this very, very important and legitimate topic of spiritual language. Um, as an introduction, I, I wrote that and I wrote some thoughts down that there are few subjects that excite more curiosity, interest, joy, animosity, debate, or doctrinal posturing than speaking than the topic of speaking with tongues. You notice I called it spiritual language. Well, I'll get to that in a second. To even address it, some people say, is it really worth it to even go there? Some people feel to avoid the topic of tongues is safer. Um, fearing they'll be thought other than scriptural or other than sensible, other than practical or other than really being sane. Um, I've been there. Again, this is something that uh, we're tackling today. And uh, my answer to all four of those issues is bothering about it is worth it. Um, because speaking in tongues or spiritual language to me is one, scriptural, predicted by Jesus and practiced by the apostolic church. Two, it's sensible. When biblical teaching is observed, it is practical, valued in much of today's church, and is sane, neither gibberish or mindless. And my private practice of praying in my spiritual language is rooted in my discovery of its intensely practical benefits. Um, in, my fa in, in, in fact, to my view, it is precisely the value of this exercise of spiritual language that initiates the devil's smoke screening the subject. And if, uh, please understand that for everything that's authentic in the Bible, the devil will bring a fake or a counterfeit. Remember also that everything the Holy Spirit does is perfection. What happens is people get into it, man gets into it, and messes everything up. So the devil uses dogmatism, he uses debate on both sides of this issue to try to keep people from bothering about it because he knows how tongues, the topic of speaking with tongues, can ignite intercession. He knows it. The devil knows that tongues can inter ignite intercession, enrich private prayer, and enlarge personal worship. So I am bothering to teach this at this time. Again, many churches back down on this issue, and it's not always due to an embarrassment over the subject, but a lot of it is due to leaders. They lack practical training uh, for teaching or leading people to an understanding and experience in the practical benefit of speaking with tongues. Some people just don't know. They don't know if they, they don't want to bother with it. They don't really know how to get there and how to bring it forth the right way. Well, I've looked at this and looked at this, and that's what I'm attempting to do. 
Here's one thing that I do. I focus on tongues as a benefit available as believers open up to Jesus, who is the baptizer with the Spirit. I don't focus on tongues as a proof or a doctrinal requirement. And that's a big that's a big thing in this sermon. I focus on tongues as a benefit that is available. Uh, in other words, I would word it this way then. When receiving the baptism with or fullness of the Holy Spirit, when receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit, the believer may have every reason to expect his incoming to be after the same manner as in Bible days the Holy Spirit fell on them as on us at the beginning. Acts eleven fifteen. I believe that God's going to bless this sermon and bless your hearing as we move from this demanding a sign to teaching it as a value. I think that's really important. Maybe you, you don't understand that, but you will as we go on. And I, But I do believe, though, honestly, virtually everybody, all who um, do willingly open up to this truth will speak with other tongues. Um, seeing Paul's affirmation in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, the Apostle Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He said, I thank God I speak with tongues more than all of you. I That to me, that seems like reason enough for everyone to lay aside doubt and hesitancy about this topic. This is a biblical topic. This is a biblical issue, and I believe it is um, needs to be taught to, to you. I need to get it down in me. I believe it's very important. Again, I feel like uh, I want to stress that many people have a bias towards it because they have, again, if you've been in church, they've seen weird stuff, but you can't let the weird um, keep you from finding and allowing the real to really affect your life. Uh, again, I've, took, I, I've, I've battled with that. I don't battle with that anymore. One thing I'm going to do, if you've noticed the difference between uh, spiritual language or speaking with tongues, there's a, a gentleman, uh, Jack Hayford, who has gone to pass away. Uh, he wrote about this in his, in his book, The Beauty of Spiritual Language. So I'm going to be calling it spiritual language as well. Sometimes I'll continue to mention back speaking with tongues, but I'm, I'm, using, I'm using his terminology because it helps to remove this immediate bias that people have when they hear the term speaking in tongues, even though it's used in the Word of God. So we're going to mostly stress it and use the phrase spiritual language. So let me start with a quote from Jack Hayford. Jack Hayford said, quote, Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, yet when the Spirit comes, he is loaded with packages. He desires to release much more in us and through us than we could ever imagine. These gifts are given for delivery, not for accumulation. We receive them to pass them on to others. We're going to be talking in the next couple sermons about the spiritual gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Today, we're focusing on tongues as spiritual language, or in other words, our private devotional use of spiritual language. How we operate in this, is it legitimate? What is it as we operate this in our private daily prayer time? And let me say that the Holy Spirit, again, does all things with perfection. 
It's people who get in there and mess everything up. So the need for sorting out spiritual language isn't unique to the last century. Uh, in, in his time, the Apostle Paul also found it necessary to address believers on this same subject. In his letter to the church at Corinth, Paul was dealing with people who were confused that spiritual language was an end in itself, which it is not. The blessing and phenomenon of spiritual language commonly attends being baptized with the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week. When I talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit last week, I didn't get into the topic of tongues because I wanted to make sure we first establish what the baptism of the Holy Spirit really is without your brain going over into this topic, again, and having any bias pop up. But commonly, uh, the speaking with tongues attends the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I've been asked before by people, is a person truly filled with the Spirit if they don't speak with tongues? Well, there's scriptures in the Bible um, that either side could argue on that, but I don't think it's supposed to be a point of argument. It's not supposed to be a point of argument. Neither do I believe it's supposed to be a point of passivity. Over and over in scripture, people receive spiritual language at the same time they are baptized with the Spirit. Remember, I just said I focus on tongues as a benefit available as believers open up to Jesus, who is the baptizer with the Spirit. I don't focus on it as a proof or a doctrinal statement. And that's a big difference. So we're focusing more on it as a benefit available. As the late David Wilkerson said, he puts in regards to spiritual language being connected to the baptism with the Holy Spirit. He says, it's an inevitable evidence. So you have those who are, uh, they're staunch on get baptized with the Holy Spirit. The initial evidence of that is speaking with tongues. We're not going to, again, we're not going to focus on the uh, doctrinal requirement. We're going to focus on the benefit that's available to us. And I like the way he put it. Yes, when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, you may at that moment speak with other tongues, but for sure it is an inevitable evidence. It will, it will come into your life. Amen. So it's been my experience that the two are usually tied closely together. Amen. Spiritual language was available to everyone on the day the church was born. And there's no reason to doubt that as the church continues, even today, it's available to all believers, regardless of when they receive Christ. It's something that is still available to us today. Now, like we discussed last week, every person, and we got to get, we'll reiterate what we talked about last week. Every person who received Jesus Christ as Savior has received the Holy Spirit as the indwelling Spirit. In fact, we wouldn't... Uh, we wouldn't have come to the Lord without the Holy Spirit drawing us. He brings us to Christ, glorifies Christ, and he magnifies Christ. Jesus makes it clear, however, that there is a difference between the indwelling Holy Spirit that is, rece that is received at conversion and the outflowing Spirit that comes from the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. And if you need to learn more about that, go back, listen to part four, the baptism with the Holy Spirit to have that further explained. In John four, on this same uh, aspect, in John four, Jesus tells the woman at the well who needed saving grace that the water that he would give would, uh, would become in her a fountain springing up to everlasting life. Then in John chapter seven, speaking about the Holy Spirit, 
who would later be given, Jesus says, those who believe in me, out of their inner being will flow rivers of living water. So he, even Jesus, is distinguishing between coming to receive eternal life at the well of salvation and rivers of living water that not only refresh us, but also flow out of us in ministry to other people by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about the indwelling of the Spirit at the moment of conversion, and we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit that brings an outflow in us and causes us to out of our inner being will flow rivers of living water. So you get that, do you get that distinction? As well, the Bible distinguishes between prayer in our spiritual language and prayer in our native language. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. And while we may not understand the words we are speaking, True spiritual language is not meaningless and it's not gibberish. It is begotten by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says there are, in 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible says there are so many kinds of languages in the world and none of them is without significance. There's over 6,000 languages spoken on planet Earth and it is doubtful anyone can recognize all of them. Thus, there are no grounds on which to judge someone's spiritual language. Amen, right? There have been occasions, un, I, I've heard these stories before, there have been occasions unbeknownst to the person who was praying in their spiritual language, uh, that that spiritual language was later determined to be a language spoken by a tribe or people somewhere else in the world. So this is a very biblical, it, this is a powerful phenomenon that the Holy Spirit has brought, made available to us in our lives. And I really want to try to bring this to you in a way that proves it scripturally to you so that you can be open to this, so that you can be open to the beauty of spiritual language because it, it's very life, it's very, it's very life enhancing. Um, and along with seeking to correct abusive practices in the church, especially regarding the public use of tongues, and we'll talk about that next week, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 describes the very practical benefits of the private devotional exercise of spiritual language. Again, that's what we're talking about today. Here are a few practical benefits of private devotional spiritual language. Number one, spiritual language enables us to speak to God. 1 Corinthians 14.2, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Speaking to God in spiritual language is not the only way to speak to God, but it is a privileged benefit. Somebody say privileged benefit. It is, a, it is a privileged benefit by which we gain intimacy with God and by which the Holy Spirit empowers us to serve others. Again, this is our private devotional prayer. While we don't know what we're saying when we're praying this, we do know to whom we are speaking as well as the texture of texture of what our heart feels towards God as the Holy Spirit enables us to speak beyond the words we know. Let me read that again. While we don't know what we're saying, we do know to whom we are speaking as well as the texture of what our heart feels toward him as the Holy Spirit enables us to speak beyond the words we know. In other words, when I pray each day, I pray in my own language 
but I also partake of this privileged benefit of praying in my spiritual language as well. Yes, I do both. And I'm a normal dude, and I'm not weird. So another practical benefit is number two. Spiritual language equips us with insight. So these are really powerful practical uh, practical advantages right here. So number two, spiritual language equips us with insight. Verse two says, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So the word mysteries is here is not talking about peculiar things, but about God's truth being brought into light. Um, to us, a mystery is something we can't figure out. But in the Greek, the word for mystery, masturion, is an insight or revelation that we now understand. So it says, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So we're getting, while we're doing this, insight and revelation that we now understand. And I will say this, often when I'm studying for my sermons and I come across something that I don't get, that I don't understand that good, I pray and I ask the Lord to help me to tap into the Holy Spirit to see where it fits. I asked the Holy Spirit to give me insight into this. Um, and I did that a lot for this sermon, believe me. I did that a whole lot for this sermon. Um, it's important to remember that the Bible was given by the Holy Spirit. And while I'm praying, almost always another verse will come to my mind, and then it will all click, oh, this connects to that. Or the Lord, will, the Lord will whisper something in my heart and it all becomes clear. That's a practical benefit of spiritual, your private devotional spiritual language. It helps us, equips us with insight. Another practical benefit, number three, is spiritual language is self-edifying. Verse four says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, when we speak in tongues, there is an edifying or a building up of ourselves. And if you don't pray in your spiritual language, but when you start to, you're going to recognize this one. It builds, it edifies, it builds, uh, it builds you up. That doesn't mean that people who speak in tongues or pray on their private devotional spiritual language are not interested in loving the lost and serving other people. The word says in Jude 20, 21, but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Again, but you, beloved, building, up, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. It goes on to say to have compassion for the lost and reach out to those who need to be drawn from the threat of eternal loss into life in Christ. So spiritual language, it is going to edify or help you build your um, yourself up in your most holy faith. Spiritual language is also an opportunity to welcome the encourager or the Holy Spirit to come alongside us, to help us. Um, as we pray in the Spirit, he, he flows refreshing to us. So you're seeing some practical benefits of this, right? Listen, there's no human explanation for the supernatural infusion of encouragement and strength into our being when we pray in the Spirit, but it is real. And I've noticed that in my own life. When I pray in the Spirit, when I allow the Holy Spirit to just operate through me, yes, I'll pray in my, in my normal English language, but I also pray in my spiritual language, and I can tell, I can sense it 
building up my most holy faith because I'm speaking to God. He's given me insight and revelation through this. And it is something that is very, it is such a privileged benefit uh, that we are allowed to partake in. Number four practical benefit, spiritual language expands the dimensions of our praise and intercession. It expands the, ex, spiritual language expands the dimensions of our praise and our intercession. Romans 8, 26, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. In other words, there is power in our praise when it becomes an instrument in the hands of the Spirit to drive back the works of darkness. And a lot of people don't realize this, but praise is an instrument of warfare and, and, and um, intercession, and it is loathed. It is detestable to the devil. The Bible again says in Romans 8, 26 through 27, it says that we often don't know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit knows the mind of the Father pertaining to the circumstance, and he will enable us to pray exactly the way we need to beyond our human capacities. I'm trying to help you to understand that this is legitimate, that this is something that's available to you. It's something that's available for you to have in your life. It will enhance your prayer life. Again, we're not talking about the public use of tongues and or tongues and interpretation that the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. We're talking about this other tongue that is our private devotional prayer life, right? I want you to get this cemented inside of you. So this is something that you're going to begin to ask the Holy Spirit for. And I believe when this takes place in your life, it's going to be life-changing to you like it was to me. So when we look at the practical benefits of spiritual language, we see in the word why on the day the church was born, the Lord gave everybody a release in spiritual language. It says all 120 spoke with other tongues, all of them. So the, the represented people that God had there, who he told to wait for the power of the spirit to come upon them, they all received that power and they all spoke with other tongues. I, I don't believe... I don't believe that the speaking in, in tongues, other tongues that came forth from all the 120, I don't believe it was necessary to prove to them that the Holy Spirit had come. Uh, I really believe the love of God overflowing their hearts probably would have done that. Um, nor was it to demonstrate that the power of God had come. Um, over each of their heads, the Bible says, could be seen fire from heaven that had come to energize. I believe that spiritual language was given not as a proof, but as a resource that they would need in order for the church to be the church. I will never argue against the idea that tongues, again, are an evidence of the baptism of the Spirit, because I think there is sufficient evidence for that. But the Lord did not give us spiritual language as a point of argument for the church. He gave it as a resource to ignite the church, to ignite me, and to ignite you. The Holy Spirit has come to dwell in our hearts. He wants to overflow every one of us and in that overflow to release his spiritual language through us like he did the 120. And I would like to underscore one fact that's very, very important about this matter of spiritual language. Jesus himself is the one who introduced the subject of spiritual language. And I think that is a most important fact that needs to sink into the mindset 
of the church and of the people that are of the church. Mark 16, 17 very clearly says, these, are, these words are in red. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will speak with new tongues. He is, Jesus introduced this very subject. Further, in Acts 10, it says that while Peter was preaching to a group of Gentiles concerning Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, and the believers from among the Jews who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out even on the Gentiles. This was, y'all, this was 12 years after Pentecost, the time when Peter and all the other apostles had themselves received the baptism with the Holy Spirit 12 years prior. This is 12 years after that. And up until then, up until this time here, only Jews and Samaritans had become believers, not Gentiles. So the Jews had come along with Peter. They're amazed at this. It says because the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Understand, they would not have been saved if, if the baptism of the Holy Spirit Baptism of the Holy Spirit came on them because they were regenerated as well. Well, how did they know the Holy Spirit had been poured out? The next verse tells us, For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Twelve years after Pentecost, speaking in tongues was still a manifestation of believers recognized and accepted as evidence that a person had received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Again, it may not be the initial thing that you do. I'm not arguing that, but it may not be. But it will be an inevitable evidence. It will take place in your life because you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. This will come forth in your life. I guarantee it. In the next chapter, when Peter reports to his Jewish friends what had happened, he says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Peter did not have to wonder or guess or assume that the Holy Spirit had fallen on the Gentiles. He knew because he heard them speaking in their spiritual language. And this is where spiritual language starts in the New Testament at Acts chapter 2. It is the first of Christ's prophesied signs to actually be fulfilled. It was manifested on the very day the church was born. Man, I believe this is a remarkably important fact. The fact says something, listen, this says something about the Father's view of spiritual language. The church began with speaking with tongues the same day it came into being. The church began speaking with tongues the same day it came into being. And I believe, again, that's a fact that's worthy of a special place in our heart's understanding, seeing that our Heavenly Father was the sole designer and sovereign instigator of Pentecost events. Amen, right? Amen. And they, you, we see all of them, it says, speaking with other tongues. And then the Holy Spirit came on the Gentiles, and they all began to speak with other tongues. It is a biblical thing that did not die out in the New Testament, did not die out in the Church of Acts. That is still available to us today. Why would he nip it back then and never have it come forward? Uh, I just don't understand that point. Um, so, since this is so... Uh, all, all the things that we've said here lately, can we not on, all, on these grounds alone capture something of heaven's point of view concerning the relative worth 
or desirability of tongues, right? The father certainly wouldn't have allowed anything unworthy, unlovely, or unloving to accidentally happen. Speaking with tongues, spiritual language, didn't just crowd in on its own uh, as though man forced an arbitrary sign upon the church's birth and into the church's origins. Neither was spiritual language an embarrassing surprise to the Almighty. Rather, the supernatural gift of spiritual language was given for holy and wholesome purposes, and he allowed it because he created it and he completely endorses it. Spiritual language, we all, you need, if you're listening to this, I hope that you're receiving this. I hope that you're understanding that this is a speaking in your spiritual language is a very biblical thing. Again, people have tried to rob us of it, tried to rob our understanding of it, tried to take it, have tried to take it away from us because they have seen somebody uh, partake in it. Listen, I've seen a lot of things. I've said this in previous sermons. I've seen a lot of things that are done uh, in the name of the Holy Spirit that even in my logical mind, I know that that can't be, actually be, Remember, when the Holy Spirit operates, whatever he does, spiritual language, when truly from the Holy Spirit, is perfection. I'm not saying that everybody that's in the church who prays in tongues, I'm not saying that they're all praying legitimate spiritual language. There's probably a lot of fake. But you can't let that keep you from desiring the real. And I really want you to desire this. I would not have taken the time to bother with bringing... I could easily have skipped over this or not talked about this topic at all or not even gotten into the Holy Spirit, but I really did this because I felt a prompting from the Lord to do this. I felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit to talk about the Holy Spirit. Again, I could have shied away from this issue because you know I didn't maybe been fearful of other people knowing that I speak in my spiritual language. But I understand how important it is to me. I understand how important it is to my wife. And I understand how important it is to you. That's why I'm trying to bring this to you in a way that I hope can capture your heart and the understanding that this is something that is extremely legitimate. This is practic- this is a this is a this is a benefit, a beautiful benefit that's been given and made available to us to partake in that will literally enhance your prayer life. It will enhance your intercession. Praying in your spiritual language will, will enhance your praise. It will enhance your prayer life. It will build you up in your most holy faith. It, it, I tell you, when you're active with this, it seems like it gives you strength, like it's building up your strength in the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing that's offered to us, and I want you to not shy away from it. I want you to receive this into your life like I have received it into my life. Listen, we need to be reminded, spiritual language is God's idea. Jesus prophesied it, the Father intended it, the Holy Spirit enabled it, the church received it. Spiritual language, it must be important or it wouldn't have been given this place at the church's inception. Right? So as I kind of move this, and let me go back and hit a couple other points that I've talked that I mentioned earlier. Um of just how important this is. Remember, Jesus is the one that brought it up first, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will speak with new tongues. And again, I believe this is not, 
I do believe it's closely related to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that it can be something that happens to you at the moment that you are baptized with the Spirit, but I believe that it's an, it's an inevitable evidence that will come forth in your life. I don't see spiritual language as a point of argument for the church. I believe it came to us as a resource to ignite the church, to ignite you. I mean, I could carry on with this next week and talk about more and give you other examples of this that has gone on in the church where this has ignited revivals, uh, true revivals across the land. Um, again, Jesus is the one who introduced the subject. Um, I'm not using it as a proof, but, as a, but I see it as a resource uh, that's brought to the church for the church to be able to really be the church. And let me kind of come to a close uh, with this. Uh, aspect. I was in a church service way back when, and I was in a time of worship in the service. This is when I was first saved. And remember, I had a radical conversion. I really believe that I was baptized, baptized with the Spirit, not only received, uh, had my indwelling at my conversion, but I believe at the same time, my baptism with the Holy Spirit came then as well. I mean, mine was so radical transforming. I mean, everything I it was just amazing. So I was, in, I was in this church service way back. This is the church that I started going to after I gave my life to Christ. Then I was in a time of worship in the service. I remember, I very vividly today remember this. I was standing there in the service by myself, and there were no other people on my right or to my left. I, I remember basically I was in that pew pretty much by myself. I know there were people that were in front of me in the pew in front of me, but I was pretty much by myself, which is interesting how the Holy Spirit let that happen because I believe it was for a reason. Um, and I remember uh, at this particular moment, as I was praising, we're in, remember I said we we're in a time of worship. So there's worship going on. You know, my hands were raised. I believe, man, it, I, I just believe you're, you should, I want to go to a church where people don't mind raising their hands. Um, so I had my hands raised, I'm worshiping God. And at this particular moment, uh, without understand this, without any thought in my mind of wanting spiritual language or anyone at that time laying hands on me to receive spiritual language, I just started worshiping in my spiritual language very naturally and very organic. I will never forget, I just literally was um, in this time of deep worship before the Lord, so grateful for the things that he had done for me, just singing and worshiping when all of a sudden out of my mouth began to come my uh, th this other language, this spiritual language. I began to pray in other, I began to pray in other tongues. I began to pray in my spiritual language. Um, it happened very sweetly. It, there was no weirdness. I, I wasn't, it wasn't some transcendental experience. I didn't start jumping around and acting like a fool. There was nothing weird that went on. Um, I do believe some people, when I think back in front of me, who heard me and who I, who I believe believed that this was the first time I'd ever done this, I remember their excitement and they let me, they left me alone until after this whole thing transpired and they came alongside of me and were just so happy for me and just tried to explain a little bit. But all I knew was it was a truly authentic 
experience in my life, and it wasn't at a special service with a special preacher who specially anointed to lay hands on people to get the gift of the Holy Spirit or to pray in tongues. I, it wasn't somebody I didn't get called up front and have some goofball up there going, okay, here's what you do. Unloose your tongue. Go, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Say it fast, fast, faster, faster. And all of a sudden your tongue slips and it makes a, a some kind of a different sound. There it is, there it is. That wasn't what I experienced. If you don't know what I'm talking about, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was a very natural and organic event. I was simply just worshiping the Lord in the beauty of his holiness um, in this very worship, worshipful time and in came this moment in my life. And I just from that, at that, the moment that it happened, I basked in the presence of the Lord and I worshiped in my new spiritual language. It was powerful. Let me emphasize. I wasn't attempting to think up something supernatural. Rather, the words were simply there. Even though I knew I hadn't made up the words, I wanted to be sure I wasn't imposing something of my own into or upon God's working in my heart. Someone could be saying, I want to be sure that I don't make up tongues, to which I would respond, what makes you think you could, especially since you don't want to? You need to lay, that's a needless fear, you need to lay that at the feet of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not hypnotize you and then make you speak in another language. This is not something he forces on you. This is something he has made available to you, a beautiful gift that he's made available to you and me. And the Bible says in Acts 2.4, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The Spirit spoke through them. It wasn't something, again, forced on them. Um, they did not, you know, it, it explains the people were amazed. The people, they, they would say things like, are they drunk? Well, they were looking at these people who were probably so over, over, just overflowing with joy. They related that to someone who gets drunk. Uh, there was nothing weird going on. God would never have any weirdness go on in connection to the Holy Spirit or connection to spiritual language. Again, when the Holy Spirit does what he does, it's always in perfection. If you're really operating in true spiritual language, it's not something that you've made up or you've made happen or you think you have, you're really operating in your true spiritual language, it's perfection. And it's gonna you're gonna see the results and the benefits of praying in your spiritual language. I pray in my spiritual language all the time. I pray in my spiritual language on the way to work. I pray in my spiritual language when, I, when I'm alone there. I pray in my spiritual language in my prayer time. Um, I can hear my wife praying in her spiritual language all through the house, all times of the day. Um, he gives this language. He gives it to us. But, if you're but, but here's the thing. If you're ever going to speak, you're going to have to decide to, just as much as you had to decide to receive Christ as Lord. It's something that you have got to. That's why I brought you this sermon. I brought this to you. you go back over and listen to the, to the points of it. I hope I made those clear. I went through them pretty fast. But if you're ever going to speak in your heavenly language, in your spiritual language, you need to, de you need to desire. You need to make the decision to, to speak in your spiritual language. You need to have a desire for this. Um, for me, the next morning, um, I pursued my usual prayer time. And I entered a time of worship. I welcomed the Holy Spirit's continuation of my enablement to use my spiritual 
language. And it has always been there and it has never left. It was extremely exciting to me when this event took place in my life. Uh, and my spiritual language has been a regular part of my life to this day. Again, I've seen some weirdness, but mine is not weird. Mine is perfection because if it's of the Holy Spirit, it's always perfection. Please get that in your understanding. He's never going to make you do something that's weird. But if this is something that you you are not um, operating in this beautiful gift yet, this is something you need to decide that you desire. And I, I, I um, something that uh, he has given us, not as an argument for the church, uh, but it is a resource to ignite the church. It is a resource to ignite you. Um, the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in us. He wants to overflow in you. He wants to overflow in me. And he wants to release his spiritual language in us. And let me say this very clearly before I stop. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we talked about last week, just ask Jesus for it because he's the baptizer. I don't have a secret formula for you to receive your spiritual language. All I can say is it comes back down to the fundamentals again. You need to trust it and know it true to be in the Word, which I have tried to give you the truth of it in the Word of God. Very plainly, very practically, very simply, the truth of it in God's Word. You need to then just get close to Jesus and the way you live. You need to deal with any sin or things you're dealing with. Get yourself clean. Live a life of righteousness and holiness. Spend time in prayer. Get a prayer life. If you don't have one, start spending time in prayer and in the Word and spend private worship time with the Lord and just let yourself know this is something God wants to do for you. Again, I was in a moment of worshiping in this service, not expecting it, not asking for it, not uh crying out for it, not pleading for it. People weren't laying their hands on me to receive it. In a moment, in a time of my own private personal worship in this church service, I, that, that my spiritual language came upon me. It was very organic and very natural and very life-changing. Just get your life to where it needs to be. Spend quality time in prayer. Spend time in worship. Sing unto the Lord and I, I, I guarantee you, if this is something that you desire and something that you've decided that you want and you know you need in your life, let the Holy Spirit bring this to you. Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. And one of the overflow or one of the outflows of the Holy Spirit is your spiritual language. I want you to operate in your spiritual language. I don't want anyone to talk you out of this. I want you to have this greatly privileged benefit. I want you to enjoy some deep, wonderful times of worship and let the Holy Spirit do in you what he wants to do. Just let him have his way in you. Again, I love what I wrote down. It wasn't some transcendental experience. I was just worshiping the Lord because I love the Lord and I was so grateful for my salvation. And at that moment, he gave me something very precious to me. And I want you to have this same precious thing in your life. I want you to have this desire to pray in your spiritual language. I promise you, it will change your life. Amen. I hope this has been a blessing to you. 
Um, I want you to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to walk in the fullness of all that God has for you because there is a job for you to do. God has a kingdom job for you to fulfill. You don't have to be in the ministry to have a kingdom job to fulfill. You have a kingdom job to fulfill. And if you don't know what it is, ask the Lord for that too. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what your kingdom job is to do. What are you called to do? What does God want you to do within his kingdom to enhance the kingdom of God, to touch people's lives? And I guarantee you, when you begin to understand that, as you begin to move in what God has called you to do, and then you're moving in it in the power of the Spirit because you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and that power has come upon your life and it has ignited you. And then this spiritual language, your private, personal prayer time, spiritual language, your private devotional prayer language, and then that comes to you. Now you've just enhanced your, your, your effectiveness for the kingdom of God even more. You've compounded the effect. Amen. And I want you to live a life that is fulfilled in everything that's God called, that God has called you to be. It's not about money. It's not about fame and fortune. It's about, um, it's about fulfilling what God has called you to do. It's the God saved us from darkness. He saved us from hell. And he put us in the light and transformed our lives and gave us a true purpose. Find God's purpose for you because he has something great for you to do. And he's given you and made available to you the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like he did with the 120 and all the rest of them in Acts chapter 2 at the birth of the church as he baptized them in the Spirit and gave them that gift of, of, of spiritual language. That motive, that ignited them to reach the very world, the very known world they lived in. And they almost reached the entire known world. It so ignited them that they were willing to give up everything of their lives just to serve Christ. These men were martyred for the, for the cause of Christ. And what caused that in them was that initial baptism with the Holy Spirit and then that evidence of it with speaking in their spiritual language. I want that for you. Amen. Amen. So let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for this time together. I pray this has been something that has been um, understandable to your people. This has been eye-opening. I pray this has been a real illumination in their mind of this truth of spiritual language and that is it is legitimate that it is perfection when it's in the holy spirit i pray that they would have a desire if they do pray in their spiritual language i pray that they would do it more than ever before i pray that they would allow it to flow from them from their from their heart and i pray for a, they would begin to experience a deeper worship experience ever before for those who are listening to this who never have who have had some intrepidation about stepping into this so they've never opened themselves up to this gift I pray the walls would come down. I pray the bias would come down. And they're hearing something from my heart, very practical in these particular points I laid out. And I pray this would bring, this would bring truth to them, which then establishes them in faith as they stand upon the word of God and know that it's of God. And then they know it's the will of God. And what they ask of you, that is your will, you will give it to them. So I thank you that they will ask you if not, if they have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, they would ask you for it. And if they have not ever operated in their, in their spiritual language, I pray that they would decide to desire this and that you would fulfill this in their life and bring this to them. I thank you for that right now. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this today. 
Holy Spirit, I hope I've done a decent job at this. I hope I brought this forth the way that you desired me to. This was exciting to me. This was very important to me. So I thank you for this time together and for all those that are out there. I pray, I thank you that they're now going to move into a new uh, dynamic in their walk within the kingdom of God and a new effectiveness within your kingdom. So we thank you for these things and praise you for things, these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this today. Again, I hope this has been a blessing to you. And I uh, hope I didn't roll through all that really quick, but I wanted to save some time at the end to share a little bit of my testimony. Oh, my testimony about this because I believe it's important. It was important for you to hear that. So God bless you. Live all out for Christ. May the baptism of the Holy Spirit be something that you have received or will receive. And I pray your spiritual language would come to you very, very quickly. Amen. Live all out for Christ. God bless you.